Welcome to Signs of Life, Exploring Survival of Consciousness, brought to you by Forever Family Foundation, on the web at foreverfamilyfoundation.org. I call your name, the echo is haunting, the echo is always the same. I call your name, the echo is haunting, an echo So I call your name Your name Welcome to Science of Life Radio. I'm Kimberly Saavedra, Director of the Comlock Center. And as you likely know, tonight is the night for your personal experiences. This particular episode of Signs of Life Radio on the fourth Thursday of the month is all about you and your personal experiences. Everyone has a story to share, and we invite you to share yours. Many have personal experiences that defy mainstream thinking. So we'd like you to join us as we explore the types of experiences that people have, what they mean, how we can integrate them into our daily lives. And when we say join us, we mean Ultimately, if you would like to pick up the phone and talk to us, share an experience, ask a question, offer a comment, we would love to hear from you. And although mediums provide a valuable connection to the deceased, this show centers around your direct experiences, which do not involve a medium. And your other co-hosts for this evening's show are Dr. Betty Kovach, author of The Miracle of Death, There is Nothing But Life, and Merchants of Light, The Consciousness That is Changing the World, as well as Janet Mayer, Forever Family Certified Medium and author of Spirits, They Are Present. And Betty and I are very happy to welcome Janet back. We missed her last month. (laughs) Hi, Janet and Betty. Hi. Hi, Betty. Hi, Kim. It's great to be back. That's great to have you. uh, I'm sort of jumping in here, but I was thinking a lot about synchronicities and until someone calls, I'll, uh, or at least before someone calls, I'll talk a little bit about it, if that's okay. Because I was thinking how, how with all of these experiences that we have, they awaken us or they confirm our knowledge that spirit and matter are one. And a synchronistic event is an experience of how this works, is that two events can occur, and they're meaningful events, but they have no causal relationship except they are meaningful related uh, because it's where matter and spirit come together. And I want to give just some examples. I'm sure that all of us have several that we could give. And I was thinking, first of all, I'll just tell a couple of my own, uh, is that when my son was in uh, intensive care and it appeared as though he would die, but we did not know for sure and we didn't know when, then on the day that Uh, we talked to the doctor. The doctor came in and said, he's not going to make it. And so we said, well, begin the death process. So they took him off of all of the life support. And I looked at my watch. I knew that it was the day that my mother had been killed one year earlier on that day. And when they started the process, it was exactly at the same hour, the same time. Wow. That's, that's a synchronistic event where two, two things in the outer world are certainly come together in a very meaningful way. But mm-hmm. another one, and a little bit lighter note, was when I was writing Merchants of Light. And I was writing about the San Bushmen. And there 
honoring of the mantis uh, as a divine being, this very small, seemingly insignificant critter is divine. And he reminds us, they say, of the significance of the minute, the small. Mm-hmm. And so I was writing about that. I was just deeply involved in it. And a friend came to visit and she brought a card uh, for both Kim and me. Uh, and it had a picture of the mantis on the front of it. <laughs> it's really quite synchronistic. And I put it on my desk. And then about two days later, uh, Kim and I were out on the patio having breakfast. And Kim said, look at that grasshopper on the chair next to you. And I looked at it and I said, oh, that's not a grasshopper. And she said, I guess you're going to tell me it's a mantis. <laughs> and I said, as a matter of fact, it is a mantis. I've never wow. seen one in my life. And, uh, <laughs> so, and the interesting thing is that all the time that I worked on that chapter on the Sam Bushman and the mantis, that mantis was right outside my study in a jasmine bush. It stayed there the entire time, left a little cocoon of eggs, and then it was gone. Now, this was certainly an outer event that was, (laughs) I am living kind of with the mantis in my heart, and it appears on my patio. (laughs) So that was one. And I think uh, we have a caller, so I can, maybe I'll come back to that. I have two more that happened in our history, which are important for us today. We'll probably all think of those uh, in our own lives. But I think that an interesting one is that after World War II, I mean, right after World War II, people, or they were found, I won't go into who found them, but the Nag Hammadi texts, these sacred texts that the church would have destroyed had the monks not buried them, telling us about a very different Jesus that the church would never allow us to know, the one who told us that, He did not come to save us. He came to remind us of who we are. And it was the mystic, shamanistic Jesus that we heard about when we needed it most. It seems to me that here they had been buried for 1,600 years, and they emerged when the world was in just depressed, chaotic, destroyed state. And what did it need? It needed the mystic Jesus. And it emerged, something that was found uh, after having been buried all of that time. And then another synchronistic uh, event, which I think is very important for uh, us, as just as this one is, is that in our time, we see this shamanic mystic revolution taking place. Uh, scholars in the last century working separately, discovered so many different shaman, mystic, and if they lasted long enough, scientist cultures. And at the same time, what was happening in the last century, quantum physics was discovered. And it took most of that century, and it's still taking time, for quantum physicists to really realize what the, what this meant for us, that it was really a support of the multidimensional world. So I think these are synchronistic events that are historical, that it's so important for us to to recognize, to notice, and to see where spirit and matter touch, how they reflect each other in the intelligence of the universe that is playing a role in our evolution. So I was just thinking about that a lot today. <laughs> no, that's fine. And, and I, you know, I agree. And I think that, you know, 
a big thing in that is paying it. Like I always say, pay attention. That's kind of my, you know, monthly comment I make all the time, but that's how we end up seeing the things that are happening around us that, you know, our loved ones are sharing, you know, or, or, you know, you're paying attention and you hear something. And, you know, I, I listened to your last month, you know, the show on signs of life and you, your callers, they were, you know, they had amazing stories and, you know, they, on, I noticed every time they were really focused and paying attention. And, you know, even if they questioned what they saw or what was happening or they wanted the validation, they saw it enough that kind of in their heart, they already knew, you know, and, and, you know, I think the first caller who had, you know, this, the uh, glass of water or the cup and picked it up and there was a heart, it was like, she was listening and she heard that and she gave the message. And, and how cool was that, that she shared a message with someone she never knew that she didn't, you know, hadn't met. And, you know, I think that we lost that as when we were children, you know, it was always squashed like, oh, you're just, you know, you just saw that or, oh, you know, you're just making that up. And it's like, you know, if we would encourage, you know, everyone that, you know, when you get something to kind of hold on to it, pay attention, see, you know, did it fit in with what was going on in your life at the time, you know, from a loved one? I mean, that that really could have been a message for you. And I think that's, you know, kind of how I, I started, which I had a lot of synchronistic events happen constantly. I had, you know, in. And for me, it was one of those things that, okay, wait a minute, you know, it, you would almost stop because there were so many things happening. And so when, you know, people call in and they start sharing a story, I mean, I'm over here, here nodding my head like, yes, yes, they, you know, I get it. And, and every story is a beautiful story and every story is important. And I know that there's people listening going, well, I have a story, but I don't know if I really should share it. No, maybe I won't. It's like, no, share your story because... You don't know the life you're going to touch from another caller or someone listening. And, you know, that one person might just hear it and think, oh, my gosh, I understand that. I had a similar incident. And then, you know, and then it kind of that's how it keeps going. That's how it keeps moving forward. I, I think so. And I think sometimes there's a particular incident that suddenly that opening happens and we really see the connection. You know, I think of the story that was told about uh, a German's uh speaking person who was living, uh, I think, in Europe at the time. I don't know for sure whether he was in Germany or not, but Germany was falling to Hitler. Hitler had taken over. And on the radio, there's this constant talk of Hitler's message. And uh, he was reading one night. He was sitting there just kind of in despair and reading conversation that Goethe from Goethe conversations with a person that Goethe had had in his employ for a long time. They worked together and they had incredible philosophical conversations. And he was reading that and he was inspired by it uh, in spite of being so depressed by what was happening. And he just thought, well, he turned on the radio to just see the German radio to see what was going on. And can you believe someone was reading exactly the same conversation that he was reading? Oh, wow. And that was so moving to him because Goethe's, everything about Goethe was an enlightened German, a, a conscientious, incredible uh, reflection of that, of the highest culture. And it, it just, what did it mean? You know, it somehow or other, the two meaningful events made him, made him realize it is alive. 
you know, I'm sure it made him realize that, that this, this, I mean, how can this happen? The synchronistic event, mm. I'm being told something that it is alive. It will survive. I don't know what he really thought, but I'm thinking that might be it because in times when you see your country taken over and you hear that coming from Nazi radio. Oh my God. <laughs> and the same conversation. So I just think sometimes it's, sometimes it's when it happens, it's in a, a moment of tragedy or disaster, just as when my son was dying. And I looked, when I looked at, I knew the day. And when the doctor came in and said, this is it, I thought, this is, what is the, that is such a meaningful synchronicity that they, right. yeah, be it. The, and then at the same hour, and actually it was uh, 15 minutes after, which was <laughs> exactly in both cases. It wasn't. Oh so, you know, it's just that meaningful thing. Somehow it helps us to connect to that meaning yeah. and depth of, of, of life. Well, and also, Betty, I think it gives us comfort. You know, I mean, like when you were saying, you know, about with your son and that it was the the same, you know, date as your mother. It's like it's it's if she was coming to you saying, you know, I'm here. I'm I'm ready to bring him over with me. You know, and, and it's almost like she's giving you love and comfort at the same time while you're going through this, you know, horrific tragedy. And at the same time, there's somebody kind of putting this, you know, warm blanket around you saying, you know, I got you. I'm going to, I'm going to help you, you know? And, and I think that when you were sharing that, I thought, oh my gosh, I mean, what a beautiful thing your mother did that, you know, it could have any other day, you know, 364 other days, you know, but on that day. Could have been, right. Hours and And hours and minutes. It's certainly true. I had an experience too, after that, uh, in a vision that I saw her crying on the other side. And uh, that really disturbed me because I thought she, I, I didn't think she was going to be sad on the other side, but I didn't know what to make of it. And then a, the next day I went into Pichy's room. He had, he'd sort of made it into practically a meditation room with, he had a Susan Boulay's shamanistic pictures all over his wall. And so I was in there to meditate and suddenly I felt her presence and I knew I knew that she was crying for me. And that had never, strangely, it had never occurred to me mm-hmm. that she was her way of saying that she was feeling what I was feeling. And I felt her presence with me. It was extraordinarily beautiful, comforting mm-hmm. experience. But I sometimes we don't know. I mean, I thought there was something wrong going on on the other side. Mm-hmm. You know, what's happening to her? Mm-hmm. And then the next day, it was very, very clear that she just filled the room. and. Mm-hmm. She had died a year earlier. I was glad she didn't have to go through that here in this dimension, but she was there for me. Mm. And that's so unexpected way. Right. Well, and you know, Betty, you just brought up another really interesting point that I think the listeners would maybe be interested in uh, as a reminder is when you sometimes get a sign like that and you think your first thought is, oh my gosh, you know, they're crying or, oh my gosh, something's wrong. And, you know, you might have that dream or you might think something and you automatically go to like, you know, people go to the the fear of, oh my gosh, what is that? What could it be? And I don't want them crying. I don't want them upset. When, if you keep going and like work through that whole thing and keep moving through whatever you're feeling, sometimes a really good vision or, you know, something will come to you or a beautiful feeling and it will all be clear, like in the snap of a finger, like, oh my gosh, you know, like I I had the same kind of incident where 
when my mother passed one time or when my mother passed, I had this dream one time and she was on this cobblestone road and there was nobody around her. There was one like lamplight over her. And, and it was really interesting. And I kept thinking, oh my gosh, is she all alone? And when I focused, I focused in and I realized she wanted me to see that, that her dog was with her. And if it was crowded, I would maybe not would have noticed that. And it was like, oh my gosh, how beautiful. She was letting me know that, you know, her, her dog is over there with her. And I, I, and then it was a beautiful, you know, it was really wonderful because it made me realize, okay, when, once I was out of that vision or that dream and I was awake, I thought, okay, if there was a lot going on in there, I could have totally missed that and not realized what I was seeing. So, you know, when sometimes when somebody sees something or they receive something and it could be tears, it might not be like something to be afraid of or fearful. It could be their love. They, they miss you and they're just crying and, you know, want to send you love. And it could just be something really simple and beautiful. And, you know, I hope people remember that and think about that, that it doesn't automatically mean it's, you know, something negative or bad or, you know. Just it takes a little while to get the pieces together and connect the dots on a feeling level and then mm-hmm. the knowing level. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it can be so many things. Uh, Henry Corbin, who writes about the Sufi, uh, great mystics and their understanding of the subtle world, which is the world we'd be experiencing in spirit, is that he said, everything that we do here is there. We are creating it there. So if we have a dog we love here mm-hmm. or an animal, it will be there. But mm-hmm. that makes us also cautious about what we create here. <laughs> you know? Right. To know that, uh, you know, that it, uh, we are creating it on the other side, too. We won't just leave it all behind? No, we won't just leave it all behind. <laughs> At least if the Soupies are correct. Uh-huh. And they were certainly That's great good. mystics. I, I wish that Josie and uh, Laurie, if they're still listening, that you'd try to call back. We'd love to hear from well, you. Let's, let's give out the phone number again. It's 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. Good, good. So I have great. a question for you, Janet. I have a question for you, Janet. Okay. Do you ever hear like some random sentence in your head and it's it has like a voice quality to it, only though it's not coming through your ears? And you yes, think, I do. I do. That? Like I'm going to hear something and you just think, how strange is that? Yes. And then you know what I do? I pay attention when I when I get that. I say okay, like I heard that. I know it. I know that has a message for me, and you know I will pay attention and see what you know what plays out. Or if I get a feeling right away, I'll be like, okay, I think you know it might say something like you know, call your sister or you know something, and, and I'll just feel like hmm, okay, there's something going on that I need to know, and you know, and and I'll, I'll do that. Or you know, you might hear like you know, I think. Um, I've already had a, a number of times I'll hear mother and child reunion and, and I stop and I think, okay, well, I know I dreamt that one time and that's when my son was coming in on mother's day and I'm like, he's out of town and I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess um, something's going on with that. And then I pay attention and I'm like, yep, he'll, he'll text me shortly after that. And I'm like, all right, there's a reason. And, and other times there'll be something random. And I do hear voices occasionally outside of my ear, you know, like in, 
And I, I do, you know, I still jump once in a while. <laughs> I can't help it. But, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, you know, when I always tell people to pay attention, it's so simple to just be open to what is going on around you. And I'm not saying go looking for it. I'm simply saying like sit in your, you know, in, in your own little space. And, and when you hear something, just really feel that and go, okay, you know, what, what do I need to do with that? Or you may get a message from a loved one and, you know, they may come to you in some way and it could be in any, it could be in a different way than somebody else receives it. You know, people don't get it all in the same way. And I always tell, you know, I always try to remind people that, you know, your story is just as impressive as the next story because it's your own personal story that you felt you, you know, experienced. And, you know, somebody else can't say, oh, well, that doesn't exist because they weren't in that place that you were when you went through that. And so you have to hold on to that and just remind yourself, okay, I did experience that. Yeah, and that it is significant. I guess, do we have yeah. another caller? Yeah, I think we have a caller. We do. Welcome, Julianne. Thank you for calling in. Hi, thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, yes you can. can. <laughs> How are um, you? Yeah, um, good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, just listening um, to a little bit what everybody has been saying Um I guess this has been my experience. I've had a few of them, but this has been the most profound. Um, I recently lost my my son unexpectedly, um, and he he um, there's a lot of numbers attached to his passing. He um, he was two years, nine months, and thirteen days when he passed, and I kept repeating that number over and over in my head. Um, and then I realized that in it was February 9th of two thousand thirteen that I I met my husband. Um, and I, it was like a, an immediate recognition of like a soul recognition. And I kept saying, you know, just two years, nine months and 13 days. And, um, that was a synchronicity. Wow. Yeah. And then, um, he was, he was born on February 5th, 2019. Um, it was, uh, 1% illumination of the moon that night. And then when he passed on November 18th of 2021, um, it was 99, um, percent of illumination with the moon it was a it was a very rare moon that night when he passed and so I just felt like it was a hundred percent of from one to 99 yeah Uh, yeah you you were paying attention Mm -hmm. but she was paying attention to how many people would even know that you know well and that's exactly and you you feel that connection and you know that connection has meaning and you know that you know, in a way, it was his way of giving you kind of that gift of the connection. And I just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the moon. Just, the, go on. Yeah, the, no, the, the moon was very important to us. So that's why I kind of looked it up. Um, and then when I found out that he had passed, it was 222. Um, and 222 is a really important number for us. It's My dad's born at 222. My brother and I are two years, two months, and two weeks apart. Oh, my And goodness. so the phone call that I received that he was unresponsive was at 2.22 in the afternoon. So I just find that so interesting that that was the time that I received the phone call. There's there's a lot attached to it, a lot to sort through. Well, and you know what else is interesting about what you were just saying is you're, you're getting these signs in these, you know, from your son and, you know, in the, in the way that you have all these connections, which are numbers. 
you know, or somebody yeah. else might have it. Somebody else might have it in a different way that you wouldn't relate to, but it's ha- it happened for you in a very specific way with very specific numbers, which is even more validation on a second level. So, you know, keep that in mind too. It's not just the numbers. It's the fact that it is numbers, you know? Mm-hmm. So that is, that's, yeah. that's amazing. But I mean, how beautiful that it came in that way. And I mean, that has to also give you comfort, you know, going through what you have to go through. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it does. Oh. It does help at times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah you have that, that meaning and they probably will keep revealing other levels of meaning, you know, in time. Because mm-hmm. it's never just, usually it's not just one level. These are multi-layered mm. uh, levels of meaning. Right. But the very first yeah. level is meaningful, so so beautifully meaningful. And then the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the moon Which was meaningful to them. So yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, well thank you for sharing that. I mean, it's. I think it's important that people hear the, the stories that, you know, when you, you lose a loved one and there's such a loss and that you have meaning in a way that connects you on numerous levels. And it, it, it's, you know, I think it's good that everybody can see that there are so many stories out there that we have so many different connections from our loved ones and they come through in amazing ways. And, and that's, you know, the uh, kind of the best gift you can receive through a tragedy, you know, and, and I think that, you know, I'm really glad that you shared that. So thank you. Well, yes, and it Absolutely. really does, it really does show how all of you, all of those of you who were related in the numbers, that it was a kind of collective work together in this meaning. You know, it really does show mm-hmm. that. Some, yeah, I, I, that's really that's very significant. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Wow. Oh, it's so I, that's such a sad. It's so sad to to hear these stories, and at the same time, they're um, they're just so amazing that our loved ones on the you know, in, in whether you say on the other side or in the next dimension, they are with us and they are that close. You know, I always say that we can reach out and we really could touch them, or we probably do touch them, and I just feel like they're that close around us and. They always want to keep giving us something, you know, and they want to share something and how beautiful to have all these connections through the numbers, which, you know, that's pretty amazing, really, when you you listen to all of the different numbers and connections she had and, you know, to get that. Oh, wow. And it's it's a mystery this coming into life and going out of the physical body that that they participated on such a deep level in this mystery whatever the depth of that mystery is probably be revealed. Right. I'm even more so, but I mean that they've all participated in this mystery that a child was born and a child then left the body and they've all participated in some meaningful way in this great mystery that, that probably has many, many layers of deep meaning. Mm hmm. Well, and I always, you know, I, I always think of that saying, I, you know, and, and it, it always resonated with me because it makes a lot of sense that we need to change this. It's a, it's a, a Tibetan saying, something like if it's too close, we overlook it. 
if it's too, I think if it's too good to be true, we can't believe it. If it's too profound, we can't fathom it. And I think, you know, that's how people look at it. But really, it exists all around us. We can, we can see it. it. We don't have to overlook it. You know, it isn't too good to be true. It's, it's right there for us. It's a gift to us. And, and like I said, if when we were younger, and we taught, you know, everyone was taught that what you're receiving is okay, and what you're getting, you know, like, when I would get stuff, I mean, I even remember when I was older, and um, I, I remember telling my mom something, she goes, well, you know, you always had that. You, you got this kind of stuff all the time. And, you know, I, I knew you were okay with it. And I was thinking, I wasn't okay with it. You know, I was afraid. And and I think, though, it was just one of those things that, you know, it was a good thing because she was just like, oh, yeah, well, you get that. And I'm like, well, I know, but, you know, and if we all, all had this and we all opened up to what we can receive and what is around us, then I think that that would make so much change in our, you know, in the world around us, just on a, you know, a personal basis and, you know, society. Yes. So, I mean, you know, we have to know and have faith that we can do it. That helps a lot in it actually happening. But when you mentioned the Tibetans, I was thinking of uh, the baby, Julian, the baby, and what an exquisite, beautiful being has come into being. And I was thinking of how the Tibetans make these incredibly beautiful, detailed, exquisite mandalas. Mm-hmm. And then in a very sacred way, they make it all disappear. And it's such an important, um, I don't want to say le- experience, I would say, for us to see something that they that has been created. It takes a long time to create and it's exquisitely beautiful and has powerful effects on us. And then for it to be taken away, just to all of the grains of sand are, are sacredly shifted so that we don't see it anymore. But the point is that the essence that could bring that into being is eternal. It's still there. And it comes into time and space, creates great beauty, and then it goes back into the uh, subtle world. But that it is immortal and exists. And we've had a few moments in time to really experience it. And I think it's, I often remember them and think of them, and I'm grateful for that teaching. Uh, I've, I've seen, you know, that they're made, and then I, I, when I say that being, I, I have that feeling of no, don't take it away. And yet I know that's the point is that it's not being taken away. That energy that created it is still where it has always been. And right. the sand is still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is. The sand is still there, just not taking that image. Right. Well, and I'm sure too, you know, you, you feel that connection still around. You know, I mean, you know, for all the loved ones that have been lost, we still feel their energy. We still know they're around. They they still, you know, drop in and give us messages in their own way. And, and you know, you can tell somebody and they'll be like, oh, okay. And they don't understand because they don't have that connection. And I think that just to remind, you know, everyone should be reminded that it is a personal connection and what you have is validating. And actually, the when I listened to last month's show and um, the woman about the baseball and somebody kind of knocked her down and said, oh, no, that wasn't your husband. And and it just hurt when I heard that. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that happened. And I thought, but in the same sense, that woman knew 
that was her husband. She knew he moved that baseball. And I thought that was what was important. That was the lesson is for her to remind herself that what she got, her personal message was a personal message to her, no matter what anybody else said, you know, and I think that's kind of, that was, you know, a big lesson too, is sometimes somebody might say, oh, you know, well, it was just the wind or it was just that. And it's like, no, I, I really felt it. And because somebody else didn't feel it, they don't get it. So it's you know, so important, Jenna, what you're saying, because we are in a culture that, you know, for centuries been told there's nothing but matter. And there is a terrible tendency to uh, devalue everything like that. It's just a coincidence. Like these synchronicities I'm talking about, oh, that's just a coincidence. That's just a coincidence. And when we know it isn't, and we know from a deeper level that if we feel it, we have to go by that feeling. And as I've said many times, the Egyptians knew that we have to develop the feeling, allow it to unfold out of the heart. And I used to think when, you know, there would be analysts who would tell people, no, 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 it didn't mean that in a, you know, a dream session. And, you know, when people told me that, I would say, you know, you were the dreamer, you were the experiencer, and you hold the key to those experiences. No one else. Someone might give you ideas or help you, but it is you who hold the key to that experience and what you feel in your heart you have to listen to. But uh, I think in right. earlier times, it used to be just terrible when people would have those experiences. Oh, that's not what that is. What do you think? Right. You know, it's such a, always right. looking for the least meaningful explanation, you know. Right, right. So well, I think you had mentioned, you. I think you had said it one time, culture has blocked intuition. And I'm like, that's true. And I think that's why, you know, it's good to have the show to remind people that, you still have intuition, you know, you have it, everyone has it. And just to, you know, keep it open and not go around, you know, you don't have to go around, you know, constantly all day doing stuff, but, you know, you can spend some moments in, you know, meditation or in prayer or in silence and, and just connect. And and I do that often where I'm like, okay, I just need to go sit and, you know, meditate, give me, you know, 15 minutes or whatever. And, and I think that that's important because it's like reconnecting you. And it's, it's, you know, it's like, Charging the circuits, you know, getting you back, getting that energy back. And, and I think that that's really important because when we pay attention to our intuition, you know, life flows a little differently and it, it, it kind of flows together. And even when there's, you know, a lot going on out there in the world, you know, you can still kind of, you know, stay open to it. You don't have to be blocking and blocking and blocking. You can just be open and kind of go through it. And, and I think that's really important too. And I think that, you know, everybody out there has an extraordinary story and everybody has their own story in their own way. And, and I'm sure people are listening going, well, I want to call, but I don't know. And, and it's like, just call, you know, we're, we're here. And, you know, every story is a great story. I mean, we, we want to hear your experience because it shows how the other side is coming through in their own way to give you a message. And, and that's really important for people to know that we can all receive them. Everyone can receive those messages. We all have the apparatus. We're born with it. And we just, in our culture, we have not been uh, taught how to awaken it and use it. But I want to say just a, something about intuition is that I think, you know, we're moving beyond the old materialistic worldview is that 
to denigrate intuition by calling, oh yeah, women's intuition. And of course, that was a way of denigrating it. If a woman comes up with it, it's just frivolous and not worthy. But now with uh, the in-depth studies of the brain components and the heart, now we know that the heart is actually the our organ of soul. This is also from the Sufis as well as today's studies through heart math, for example. But the heart is the organ of soul. And if we can focus our, our thinking and our presence and our being on the heart and allow ourselves to feel and open the heart, that's, that's where all of the information from the spirit world flows through the heart. And then it goes to the right brain, which is symbolic feeling, meaningful brain. And then that brain feeds it to the left brain, which was developed later. And we can, if we like to, and it's fun to do that and important to do it, we can conceive it, make conceptual thoughts out of it. But we don't ever want to trade one for the other. The symbol is important and the idea is important. And they have to flow back and forth all the time. But the heart is what perceives spirit. And so what happens is that when that spirit comes through, it can very often skip uh, even going through the symbolic brain. It can just hit us. We just know. Suddenly we know. It doesn't have to go through the brain components uh, in the same old way. It just suddenly we know that. And that they now know is the heart's perception of reality beyond the material. And so it has a lot more respect today than it did when it was just called women's intuition. So I think we need to to honor it. I sometimes when I was writing the book, I would, you know, I was doing research and then there was no answer to something, but I knew what the answer was. I, I knew it. And then I think, well, wait a minute, how do I know that? Well, I, I just think we work with intelligence that comes through the heart and we intuit it. We know it. And I often just say, well, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's right. coming not from my brain, but it's coming through the heart to my brain. And every writer I know has had those experiences. And most people have those experiences. We just have to learn to trust it. Right. right. Trust what comes, you say? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That's what Pishta told you the night before he left for Hungary. Oh. We know what we've experienced. Oh, that's it doesn't true. matter what anybody says. Trust what comes. Yeah, that was still in my doubting days. and uh, uh, But after Pishi's death, my husband Ishvan and I had experienced so many things. And, and the night before he flew the next morning to Hungary where he was killed, uh, I don't know. I stayed up that night. I don't usually. I didn't usually because he stayed up packed so that he could sleep on the plane. But I... I stayed up with him for a while, and he actually came to bed that night and got up at maybe 4 o'clock, something like that. But I, I remember feeling something strange that night while he was packing, and I started to cry. I didn't know why I was crying. And somehow or other, he intuited that I I don't know what he – I don't think he even knew what he intuited. But I remember he held me, and he said, whatever happens, just remember – we know what we've experienced, and what was it? And it doesn't matter what. Any other oh yeah, it doesn't say. matter what anyone else says because you know everybody was objecting to anything. Of course, I taught in college, and I knew most of those people would object to her. You know, although they they came along and didn't. But it, he just said, "Just remember, 
We know what we've experienced. It doesn't matter what anyone says. Just accept accept it as it comes. And that was, uh, I remembered that when I got the news that he had been killed uh, in a car accident there in Hungary, that somehow he knew without knowing. You know, that's an intuition in which you respond to it, but you don't even conceptually, it doesn't even get to the conceptual brain. I don't think he was thinking that at all, but he was acting intuitively on the deep knowledge, I think, that he wouldn't be coming back. And I somehow also intuited something amiss and cried. Did I know why? No. But later, you know, there was a knowledge of why we both were in that uh, state. It was perception without a, a conceptual awareness, but an acting on that intuition. I was grateful for it later, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I I could see that. Wow. Well, and you know, the the other thing too with that is um, I noticed a lot of times that when people are really sick or they've been ill, you know, that also changes their perception a lot. You know, many people I know who, you know, have gone through, you know, cancer or different illnesses and they become more intuitive or they have those, you know, connections with the other side and, and I think that, you know, and, and maybe that's just, you know, they think it's their, you know, it's getting close to their time or not. And whether it is or isn't, they, you know, they, they connect on a different level as well. And I think that, you know, we're often given, and I, I, I hate to say in a way we're given gifts, but, you know, I, I have gone through, I, I had cancer and I looked at it as a gift in a way for understanding a little, you know, understanding life a little differently. And I think that, you know, you do, there's, you know, every, there's all these trials and errors through life and, you know, it shows us a new light and it shows us a new experience and we feel different connections and deeper connections. And, you know, we, we sense all these other emotions around people and, and you'll, you'll see that with, you know, a lot of times, you know, children who are very in tune and they have illnesses and they're, you know, they, they're all happy and joyous. And you're just like, how can they be like that? You know, they're going through so much and it's just like, that's their experience, you know? And, and so when we put all these experiences together, then, you know, it does create who we are, but it also, it is heavy. There are many times they're really heavy, but it also brings us to another, like another, you know, exit in the road or, you know, and, and takes us down a new path of where we need to go next. And, and it does bring us deeper into, you know, not only our own being, but to those around us. And it does make us more intuitive. And I think that's something too. I really agree with you. And I I think too, that I find in my own case, my own situation, is that I took the path to go to the university because I, I wanted to know, I wanted to understand. And, uh, and that got me off into the conceptual brain far too much, mm-hmm. even though I didn't believe what I was taught, that it had some kind of superior intelligence, as they say, the fiction of its own superiority. I didn't believe that, but I needed experience and I didn't have. So, but then when I did start having the experiences, that old uh, training of getting into like doing research and, and when I go deep into some of the things that are happening, uh, on the earth (laughs) and I can, it can be pretty dark and I need to remember that no matter how dark our, the world or the things that we know seem is that we have to take time to go to that place where there is light and love. Right. I had a dream, which I think was 
a way of telling me that again to remind me i dreamed that uh there were uh several of us who were having physical exams and the We were all fine. We were perfectly healthy. All of us. Great, great. We passed all the tests. Wonderful. And then a woman doctor called me back into her office and she said, well, yes, all your tests were fine, but we have a special test, a phosphorus test. Well, that gives light, doesn't it? And, Uh, And you really, you don't have much time. And I said, well, how much time do I have? And she said, one week, probably about that. And in the dream, I was ecstatic with joy that I had a whole week to live fully and completely on the earth and experience how exquisitely incredible this earth is. And I had to thank Spirit for reminding me to use that week, you know, that week is wholeness. I don't know how long it will be, but I need always, as I think we all do, to remember to really experience the exquisiteness of the earth. That's beautiful. I think we should tell our callers to do that in the next month to just think about what they would like to experience in their next month. What beautiful things could come through for them. That's great. Just because we know now, I mean, in the visionary life, we know that we're not alone here on the planet, that not only do our loved ones uh, continue to exist and can be in touch with us, but we are actually working with an intelligence of the universe that we're both born out of and that that we can tune into that intelligence, that we're not alone. And however dark something seems, we are not alone in this great adventure. And that's important to remember. And isn't that nice to think about that we do have that, we have loved ones around us and that they do watch out for us and they do, they do give us signs. They do come through in you know, unusual ways and, and just kind of, you know, give you a little pat on the back or, you know, you get a whiff of their perfume or you hear their name out on the street one day or, you know, all these cool little ideas that come through. I mean, I have, you know, we have, you know, all kinds of loved ones there that like to, I guess, make sure they let us know that they're still around because they do want it. They do want us to know. They do want us to remember, you know, and, and I'm not saying we have to, you know, think of them 24 seven. We can, we can just, you know, when the moment hits, just feel like, Hey, you know, thanks for coming by. Or I got that. I got that message, you know? And as you said, remember, I remember from uh, Henry Miller's writing uh, in my youth, uh, remember to remember. I love that so much. Remember, yeah. remember. And I wanted also to say is that going back to the symbolism of the mantis from the sand bushman is that, you know, we can we can always contrast or compare ourselves to others and think, oh, they've experienced so much and mine is not as significant. Wrong. The mantis would tell us that the very small, the most minute experience is as powerful as the largest experience. That what the mantis actually symbolizes is the significance of the small. And if we think holographically, we can think the universe is in that. Mm. You know, it's in that tiny grain of sand. Uh, I can fall into that. Anyone can fall into things that, you know, you you know that people are, are... 
many people are so developed in terms of being able to do this and they have incredible. That should not make, I remember having experience with Pishti, my son, after he died. And he said, comparison is not the game to play. Mm, that's good. It's not the game to play. And right. I think that is so true is that focus on the experiences that we have had and that each one of them takes us to where we want to go. And each one of them is significant. Significant. That's true. I agree with you on that 100%. I think every, you know, everybody needs their, you know, there's no competition. Exactly. With your intuition, with what's going on in your own life, you know, just do your thing, find your own strengths, you know, become empowered, you know, by what you receive and what you get. And, and, you know, you can share it. And if you don't want to share it with somebody, you don't have to, if you want to go ahead. I mean, I think it's, you know, tell your stories. That's true. And value it and hold it. (laughs) Well, I think, is that almost time, Kim? Not yet? Oh, wow. We have something else. We need one more caller. (laughs) Where are you out there? (laughs) When you were talking about um, what we create here is created there Mm -hmm. in the other dimension, it reminded me of two different stories that I heard you tell. Um, um, One is about the, the plates showing your lives oh. in different dimensions with slight variations in this and that, but oh, yeah. the same beings, the same home, the same oh, that's right. room, the same toilet, the oh, same yeah. leaky toilet. That was, she had that yes. Yeah, that's true. Well, Ishvan, my husband had an experience of seeing us in parallel worlds. And he said, we are actually creating the same drama in other worlds. And like a chemist, we changed just a little bit and one and another to see which has the greater effect. But he definitely saw the parallel worlds. And Pishti, one time, he, <laughs> I was making coffee in the morning, a cappuccino, and he said, he was telling me about the dream, and he said, I, that, and I have it in uh, the book Miracle, but he, he was in this world. It was just the greatest depth and beauty. And lush, he And said. lush, very lush. Yeah. And he said, and it was, everything was the same as here. Even the toilet dad, dad hasn't fixed yet in my bathroom. Oh, that's so great. That's okay, so we great. have a call, yeah. We have Trisha uh, from Virginia, and you have about three minutes with us. Trisha, welcome, and tell let's us hear from thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I was just wondering your thoughts. Um, I, I lost my daughter um, a couple of years ago, and I was just wondering your thoughts on reincarnation and I've heard the saying that, like, souls travel, and if, you know, that's true or, you know, if that souls travel in groups of ten, um, and just your thoughts on that as far as just because I miss my daughter so much and, you know, I know I'll see her again hopefully and, um, you know, once I pass, but just your thoughts on if souls do kind of cycle together. I, I feel so connected to her, you know, as oh, we all do to our children. Once you're connected, that connection is uh, is that connection is never lost. So, and I think I certainly learned from my son's death that he certainly was still alive, and we were connected. And that love yeah. connection, even though in quantum physics, that once connection is made, no matter where in the universe you are, you are connected. And if we are, uh, we are not. If when we are, we are born again. Uh, we do tend to come uh, in. Uh, in groups or with people we deeply love, of course we do, when when that seems to be what we need to do. But Janet, you may have something to say about this, and we don't have much time. We actually yeah. have. 
we were told that we could go a few extra minutes, oh, so good, something good, else good. might have shifted. So we have a few more minutes oh, with great. Trisha, and we have some oh, right up to the hour. Yeah, we can go right up to the hour. He said so. Um, yeah, I do. I totally also agree. I, I do believe in reincarnation, and that we are connected in soul groups. And, and I feel like a perfect example is just even how you know, I, part of my soul group, I, I feel like are Betty and Kim and they're in California. I'm in Missouri. I've met friends and, you know, I have friends in New York and all over the States. And, and, you know, and I think that we find our way and we find each other. And I do feel like we are connected into soul groups and, and I don't necessarily think it's just 10. I think there could be a whole lot of them. And I, I feel like they may, you know, come in and out of our lives at different times. Like in this life for you, you said, you know, your daughter has passed. So, you had that amount of time with her. And so maybe the next time around, you'll have a longer amount or, you know, you'll be, you know, together for, you know, on and off throughout that lifetime. And, and I think that that does exist. And I, I feel like a perfect example is through children that, you know, have said they, they have seen someone before, like even my son had told me when he was, you know, like three or two or three years older that, you know, his other parents in Florida never used to read to them. And we had never been to Florida. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and it wasn't a book on Florida. And, and I think that, you know, to me, that was really a validation. And I do believe that, you know, we do come back, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be right away. It may be, you know, however long and, and we will connect with our loved ones. So I do feel like if, you know, with your daughter, you probably did have many lives with her together in, in different ways. You know, you could have been sisters. Yeah. You could have and been friends. Right. And, and not only that, think of the eternity you have with her on the other side. I mean, you know, we come here to play the game of matter, but we're deeply connected. Beyond matter. Beyond matter. <laughs> right. I mean, so, timelessly, have you been with her, you know? Tricia, have you seen right, Surviving right. on Netflix? Pardon? Pardon? Have you seen Surviving Death on Netflix? They I have. have. I have. Oh. Is that wonderful? Their section on reincarnation is mind blowing. Oh, I, yeah. Did you? Yeah, that she is. Saw it. Yeah, that's good. But I, I think. That yeah, that, and that's what that, that was the last one I think, and that that was mind. You are that. That's a good way to phrase it. So <laughs> and, that's what we thought that too. Yeah. And, yeah. And I just you know with my daughter, I feel certain connectedness. I I don't know. It, it's just certain feelings I get that maybe we had previous lives together. I know I'm just searching for her still and just thinking of previous lives and seeing her again. And, um, oh, you, you know, and I walk with her anyway, like, like you mentioned in eternity and in spirit, I, the yes, souls are connected true. even when one's in physical form and one's in pure soul. But and um, thank you so much. But before thank you go, you. I want to say that there's so much research in addition to, you know, but what we saw there, there's so much research now that I think reincarnation is, is I think people who do any of the research accept it. Absolutely. Yes. That's what we do. That is what happens. Thank you for calling Tricia. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you both. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now, Shelly, are you still on? Oh, Shelly might have yes. decided. Are you still there, Shelly? Yes, I am. Oh, great. Oh, great. Well, we we have, have about three minutes. Thank you for waiting. Talk to oh, us. Oh, yeah. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I was just, uh, my dad passed away in March, and I just wanted to uh, check in with him if possible, make sure he's doing okay, and I didn't know if he had any message. 
Oh, we don't do messages on here. That's um on th the third week of the month. This mediums and messages. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. okay. That's okay, but maybe by you just calling in, he was giving you a message. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe so. But you know, <laughs> so you know, you could try to call back next month on the third week. I think is the medium and messages. This is the fourth week of just sharing your wonderful stories with us. And as Janet always says, if we're paying attention, that you'll probably hear something from him. <laughs> right, right. Yourself, but it's always fun to check with someone else too that's right, right. that's right well, well thank, thank you. you for calling shelly thank you hope you get a good good, good sign message, and good yes. message soon okay I'm, i'll go ahead and say the, the prayer for this evening so may all beings everywhere with whom we are inseparably interconnected be fulfilled awakened liberated and free may there be peace in this world and throughout the entire universe and may we all together complete the spiritual journey. So thank you. Thank you. Janet. Thank you. Thank you, Janet. Thank you, Shelly and Trisha and Julianne and Laura. <laughs> All right. And thank you guys. You take care. You thank too. you. Thank you.